everybody! Did you like that new little intro that we got for you? Um, I kind of like it. Kind of obsessed. It's fantastic. Well, welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your hosts. I'm Crystal. And I'm Bethany. As always, you can find us at our Instagram at Bayou underscore Chronicles. Um, our uh, Twitch and Twitter, all these T words, are both Bayou Chronicles. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's our socials, right? Yes, and when you go on Twitch, um, it's Bayou Chronicles, all one word. It, Twitch was picky, and I had to do it that way. <laughs> so make sure when you go to Twitch, though, that you give us a follow so that you get notified when we go live. We are going live on the 19th. Yes. Um, for, I think it's the next time we're going live, but we've had some feedback that the... Y'all would like us to go live on there more often, so we might switch things up a little bit and maybe even just do um, a kind of a hanging out session when we're actually recording this episode. So, or not this particular one, but a episode. Which is awesome. Thank you guys for that feedback. That when When we hear stuff like that, it literally makes our entire week. 100%. Because I've, like, in the past week, I've gotten, like, five or six people that I do not know from anywhere that are complete strangers giving me info about cases, telling me about new cases, saying how much they enjoyed listening, and it it just feels really cool. You guys have created monsters because basically at this point, me and Crystal, we text each other and we're like, we're famous. Yes, we have egos now. now. We have egos. (laughs) We're we're so (laughs) far, but to be like, we haven't been doing this this long and we already have so many people like begging us for more and it's that we don't know yeah like hello um where's our check yes sign it put it in the mail it's already spent (laughs) (laughs) well we have a really good case for you guys today we hope you enjoy it um this is obviously a pretty famous case i obviously know the basics about it but this is one where bethany is gonna tell me a story so take it away Alrighty, okay, let's dive on into it. On today's episode, we'll be getting a little spooky. Uh, spooky, depending on how you look at it. Um, there's some non-believers, and then there's people like me. And I feel like Crystal's coming to the side. Slowly, that do believe. Um, we're going to be discussing, like Crystal already said, a very well-known case. Um, it inspired tons of books and movies. But I was telling Crystal um, earlier today... It's hard to find a copy of the original book, and if you can, it's a copy that somebody has uploaded themselves and has, like, tons of, like, misspelled words and bad editing, so, like, I didn't even purchase it. Um, And you cannot find the movie anywhere. We can't plug Amazon Prime, but Amazon Prime, if you're listening, we still very much love you, Um, and if you want to drop that sponsor, uh, you got our socials. But I could not find it on Amazon Prime. I couldn't find it on Netflix, Hulu, all my go-tos. Hmm. So I couldn't watch it. Even though we, this is this is one that we know. We've seen this movie. You know, they play it during typical Halloween time. Um, and just imagine, like, dramatic music playing. Like, kind of like our intro. Like, bomb, bomb, bomb. Yes, on today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Amityville Horror Um there's a lot of controversy about this because some will like to their deathbed swear that this happened. And then there's some that are like, it's a hoax, like none of this stuff happened. 
and I'm just... Did the Lutz family really experience all the paranormal? That is still claimed. It is still claimed to this day and is very much publicized. I'm going to let you guys decide on that. And I'm going to try to keep my opinion. And, like, I'm basically storytelling to Crystal today. Mm -hmm. So, we'll get her opinion at the end, too. Um, basically, we're just going to walk through this together. And then at the end, we'll discuss. But buckle up. Because this one is it starts out crazy and it ends even crazier. Okay, I'm buckled in. I'm ready. Okay, so let's get started. On an autumn night, November 13 in 1974, um, this is one of the older cases yeah. that we've discussed. Um, I feel like we're starting to get like older and older cases, which I like. Yeah, I think this is the oldest one we've done so far, is it not? I think so. Yeah. Most of them we've done were like in the 90s, early 80s. 2000s. We, yeah, yeah, we did have one that was late Gainesville, 80s. Yeah, Gantel Ripper was the 80s. Early 90s. So 90s, yeah. yeah. Nah. Alright, so November 13th, 1974, a gruesome scene would unfold in the DeFeo house in the town of Amityville, Long Island. Um, Amityville, Long Island is about 30 miles outside of New York. Nestled on a very popular, like, lake river that a lot of people go and, like, rent houses and vacation on. I, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of knowledge for, like, that upper area. I know, like, Crystal's been more up north than I have. Um, but from what I can, what I could see from research, this was a very popular place for people to go vacationing back in the 70s. Obviously not now. <laughs> not a lot of people want to go to this town now. If they do, they're like paranormal junkies, yeah. basically. Um, it was a perfect place to vacation, surrounded with beautiful lake houses, just like the house we're about to describe. Um, Why is it always the pretty houses that bad stuff happens? I know, in? and I wrote in my notes, not your typical scenery, but we're fixing to talk about. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, you, when I looked up all the pictures, and you can go and do your research, like me and Crystal always say. And you know, I'm going to post the pictures on Instagram yes, for you to look at. And I will on Twitter. It'll be linked somewhere. It's a beautiful house. Like, even today, it's been remodeled. It looks a little bit different. It was a beautiful home back in the 70s. Like, it's a very, like, I don't want to say uppity and, mm -hmm. like, you guys know what I mean when I say that. But, like, this was, like, a very nice spot. And no creepy things don't get to pick and choose where it happens. But, like, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, this is not your typical, like, when you're looking at it, you're not thinking, oh, this is a haunted house. No, you're thinking, like, oh, I want to buy that. That's a that's a dream home. Yeah. So, um, so 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo Jr., or as his family called him, Butch, it was basically his nickname because he was named, obviously, after his father, murdered his whole family in cold blood. Oh, nice. We just jumped right in there. It did, yeah. I just, I figured we'd... I'm going to give some past <laughs> info, but I was like, let's start and then we'll build up because there's a lot to talk about and we don't want to keep you guys here all day. Um, but he used a thirty-five Marlin rifle, no silencer, and I put this in my notes. Take note that, take note of that. It didn't okay. have a silencer. Okay. And it's a rifle, like a hunting rifle. Okay. Shot one of those. So, for those of you that don't know, it's going to have a pretty loud bang. Okay? It's not going to be pew pew. <laughs> you would hear this. So, take note of that. And it echoes. That. Yes, it echoes, and it, you're inside a home. Take note of that. So Butch shot both his parents 
and four siblings as they slept in their beds. Um, and this, this is where it gets kind of like, people are like, okay, this isn't adding up. Um, the entire event only took 15 minutes, which when you're thinking about it, that seems like a lot of time. But when I really like sat and listened and was reading all the information, that's pretty quick. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, I don't know. I mean, to kill six people. Six people in a home. It's like two minutes a person. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So after that event, I mean, you think you'd be kind of shaken up. You'd be, like, very, like, crazy. You'd be very upset, crying. Something would be happening. No. He showered, cleaned himself up, disposed of the gun, disposed of the clothes, took him a good old shower, went to bed, got a nice night's sleep, um, and even proceeded to go to work the very next morning. After you just killed your entire, entire family. family? Entire family. But your mom, your dad, your siblings, just, you know, in cold blood. and Like, did he... What did... Did he... Uh, so, as if it, nothing had even happened. Nothing, nothing happened. He just got up, went to work. Which, this part was odd because the family owned an auto shop. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, like, wouldn't you find it weird that he showed up to work? Without his dad, who is the owner. Like, what did he do with their bodies? We'll get there. We'll get there. But, I mean, your dad's the owner of the business. I mean, your dad works every single day with you. And you show up. Dad's not with you. That's a little weird. It's weird. Um, but it doesn't stop there. He goes to work, has a full day's work. And then he goes to a bar and has some drinks. And he kept friends, and all the research I did, it said that he was hanging out with friends, and they kept saying that he kept calling home. Obviously, this is, the, this, this, is the, this is the 70s, so he wasn't pulling out, like, a Nokia calling. He was going to the payphone inside the bar and calling frequently, and he would say to his friends, nobody's picking up. Nobody's picking up. I keep calling, oh, and nobody's I picking up. Why. I Well, yeah, okay. I mean, at this point, it's almost been 24 hours. Yeah. We're coming up. He's got a, He's had a whole work day. Now it's later in the night, and he's at the bar drinking with friends, and he keeps calling. And then he just blurts out, I think somebody shot my mom and dad. That's what it said. A friend reported that he said that. I think I think somebody has Y'all just missed me jumping right up out of this chair. Yeah, she literally sprung up. She was laid back <laughs> and sprung up. You're just going to casually mention... They're from, huh. yeah, and they're No one's answering it at home. I think someone shot and killed my family. Yeah, later one of his friends, um, and it was called Harry's Bar, one of his friends would come, obviously the police questioned people. He came forward and said that they were hanging out, having drinks, and that he was, Butch was acting very weird. He kept calling on the phone, and then he blurted out to, I think, the bartender that he thought somebody had shot and killed his family. So they suggested maybe he should go to the police station. So... He goes to the police station, and uh, he start. You know, he's like, I, I think my parents are dead. Okay, and at first he makes this elaborate story, this weird scenario that mafia members came to his home, like the day before. Okay, and had said that he either kills his entire family or they're going to kill him. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. 
Um, if that happened, that is pretty scary. I mean, they are in New York. I mean, it's pretty known in that area to have, you know, mob hitmen, mafia members. Um, but it's, it's odd. It's odd that you would start off with that. I mean, here you are calling concern, knowing that they're already dead, that yeah. you did it, and now you're saying that a mafia guy came to your home the day before and told you to kill your family, and you do it. I, the police did not buy this, right? Okay, all right, well, we'll, we'll get there. So Butch was known to have alcohol and drug addiction, but ties to the mafia? No, he didn't have any ties to the mafia. Um... Did he maybe owe money to the mafia? That's what I was kind of thinking at first, but no. The police do some digging, and they can't find any ties at all to anybody. This name, he does give a name, um, but it turns out that this person he was naming wasn't even in the area. He was, like, several hours away. Mm-hmm. So there was no way that this dude even came and propositioned him. Okay. Um, but th- right away, the police were like, this dude is... Sketch. Sketchy, and they basically, right off the jump, knew that he killed his family. Basically. They just needed him to admit it. They needed him to admit it, and I feel like they were just kind of letting him talk. Mm-hmm. Because the more that they just sat there and interviewed him, the crazier he got. And they kind of like were like... Like, one of those people that, like, if you don't say anything they dig themselves in the hole deeper because yes. they can't shut up and they just keep saying stuff yes all the research all the videos i watch it these cops were smart i'll be honest they were smart at first they were like whoa mafia this is gonna be big for amityville we better get a jump on this and then they brought him in for questioning and they just kind of like let him sit and we're like okay this dude has obviously got some mental issues and then he just started opening his mouth and then they're like yeah we got him like they really didn't have to do much at all really because to begin with he said a mafia member forced him to do it so they already knew he killed his family yeah but then they're then they're like no um so after more interviewing like i said he just like canary mm-hmm. singing finally under pressure butch broke down and admitted to murdering his whole family both his parents louise and ronald defeo senior his father his siblings don she was 18 allison was 13 mark 12 and john michael was nine. Oh, yes poor baby sad it's always sad i know it's all of them are sad but him being the youngest that yeah. that deserves an all so the coroner reported the defeos were found all laying flat on their stomach okay Right off the bat, when I'm doing research, um, you guys know I do my little weird quotations and I make notes mm-hmm. and I highlight. That definitely got a weird and a highlight. I was thinking in my perspective, we in my household are a family of four and two dogs. I have to include my dogs. Can't leave them out. I know they'll never hear this episode, but in my mind they do. <laughs> my family of four... Um, only my husband and my youngest son sleep on their stomachs. Me and my oldest son, we sleep on our sides. What are the odds that a family of six, not including Butch, obviously he's alive, all sleep on their stomachs? I'm, I see where you're thinking, but my first reaction to that, the mean all found laying flat on their stomachs, is what's the chances of them all being in the same position if they were all killed by the same person? 
Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like if you shoot one person, it's loud no matter what mm-hmm. you do. Even if it's a silencer in the middle of the night, it's oh. still not completely quiet. Oh, we'll get there. This, this like, basically, I'll just go ahead and give you guys a little spoiler. The next ten minutes of me talking... Everything in my notes were highlighted and weird was next to it because none of those that we're about to discuss made absolutely no sense in the coroner. I feel like he wanted to quit his job because it didn't make any sense to him either and he was very confused in all of because his findings. Like all, it, all it says to me, though, is like if you shoot one person, let's say he shot the dad first because, I mean, I would think you mm-hmm. would take out your strongest people first. Absolutely. So the parents would, would go so for you, me. So you would take your parents out. Yes. Okay, well, the kids are all going to hear that. At what point do they not run around like crazy? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I kind of get. They wouldn't think it was their brother, so mm-hmm. they'd probably, you know, he'd probably see them and be like, you know, okay. whatever, and then yes. he could subdue them. Exactly. All right, let's... But it's just so weird to me. Okay, yes, I'm going to let you exactly. go. I'm exactly. Gonna... No, you're saying literally all the things, and I, like, this is the one part... Of course, the ending is what everybody gets hung up on, which is the Lutz family, and we'll get there. But I focus so much more on this, and yes, I do have research for you guys for the Lutz. But this part of this story, of this podcast, made absolutely no sense to me. It didn't make sense for the coroner. It didn't make sense for the police that investigated. And it definitely did not make sense for the neighbors that surrounded this home. So they're, so they're all found... All laying flat on their stomach. All six of them in the exact same position. That is odd. That's unusual. And like I said, what are the odds of an entire family sleeping in the exact same position while they're being murdered? No drugs were found in their system. Because that's the first thing the coroner, the medical examiner, did. Was oh, run, he, like he sedated them? Yes, he ran a toxicology report and there was nothing. They were not drugged. Even though, and, and that's why kind of why they did it, because Butch said that he had drugged them. Oh. That's how he got away with it. But all the testing came back. They had nothing in their system. Nothing at all. Not an aspirin. Hmm. Not a Tylenol. Nothing. Okay? Weird quotation mark it highlighted. Okay. Weird. Noted. When questioning the family surrounding the DeFeo, so... Uh, the DeFeo home, the neighbors. I mean, like I said, they live on a, on a lake, a river that's very popular. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lake houses, and then there's also some resident residential homes that people live. So, of course, the police are like, they have to have heard something, saw something, maybe give us a little insight on this family. Okay? Not a single neighbor, after interviewed, said that they heard a shot. Okay. Not a single one. This house is surrounded by homes. Like I said, some are not um, occupied because they were vacation homes. But there are some neighbors that live there. And when questioned, not a single one would admit to hearing a gunshot. They genuinely said they slept through the night and they did not hear sound. Hmm. Oh, that's weird. That's peculiar. That's weird to me. A rifle is going off at least eight times. It, oh. it does go off eight times, and we'll get to that. At 3.15 in the morning, and not a single neighbor heard a thing. It's just weird to me, because it's gonna be loud. Yes. So, take note of the eight times I said, because his parents were shot twice. Okay. So, they do know he started with his parents. 
like you said, you were he, you were right. He took out the stronger two. He shot both his parents twice. That's so four. There's four, and each of his single each of his siblings had a single gunshot wound. So that's eight total. So that's four more. So you're telling me eight shots are going off at three fifteen in the morning. I'm a hard sleeper, but not that hard. But. Like say New Year's, I was I was one of those old people. I went to bed, so did my kids. But fireworks woke me up. Oh, I I got a good story for it too. Our old house that we lived in was in a rough part of town. Me and Tyler got woken up at three o'clock in the morning because the house got drive by shot at. So and like, my head popped up three o'clock in the morning because I hear boom 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 boom. So and I. And that's just a handgun. And that's a that I'm, a, I'm yeah, assuming. I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's a handgun. But that's a handgun. This is it, a hunting rifle. Those, those to me, are that a little bit louder. That just sounds a little suspicious. Yes. So I took note of that. And then not even the neighbors. Let's get to the family. You shoot your dad. The mom. Well, like what the, I said. The mom doesn't wake up. Or maybe he did one each and then went back and shot them again. Like, boom, well, see, boom. Like, but what I'm thinking is, is like, if he, let's say he shot the dad. The shot of him shooting his dad is going to wake up his mom. Mm-hmm. So, and were like, they all found? And like I said, maybe he shot the dad real quick and then reached over and shot the mom and then gave them two more. But then wouldn't his, his brothers sisters? and sisters wake up? Well, yeah, but like, I also have questions. I don't know if you did research on this, but like, the way that they were found in their bed, were they found, like, in the exact position that they were shot in? Like, yes. They were not moved. From from all the evidence. So they were all found in bed. Laying flat on their stomachs. Shot, basically, in either... Some were shot in the chest. Parents were shot in the head. This just feels a little... It's odd. It's unexplainable. This it is why... It would almost have to be, like... There was somebody in every single room shooting them at the same time. This is why people will scream until they're blue in the face that it's paranormal. Okay. Something helped him. Something was in the house that helped him, or he had some kind of supernatural power that allowed him to forcibly hold down all six of them while shooting and while the neighbor's not hearing anything. That's weird. No drugs in the system. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not explainable. That's why the coroner and the police department kept doing research over and over again and could not explain it. So, further interviewing by the police, Butch admitted voices inside the home instructed him to kill his entire family. Oh, because so that's normal. I feel like that's why he made up the mafia story because, because it was that's more believable. Crazy. But for you to be hearing voices, um, demonic voices inside uh, your home, telling you to kill your family, that's probably not something you want to bring up to. Uh, you know, friends passing by or the police investigating you for murder. I'd probably keep that to myself. But finally, he did admit, and he said that he had been dealing with a lot of things inside the home, a lot of things that were unexplainable, a lot of things supernatural, and that finally it he just wanted the voices to stop, so he did go through with it and kill his family. That's intense, okay. Yeah, that's a lot to take in, and from what we just talked about, it's kind of believable, isn't it? I mean, it may, honestly, it makes more sense than them all being found in the same position in the bed. Not, not being, hearing anything. Not hearing neighbors anything. not hearing a thing. Like, that's just, oh, yeah. Oh, chair squeaky. Um, 
So, uh, let's fast forward a little bit. On December 4th, 1975, um, Ronald DeFeo Jr. was sentenced to six consecutive 25-to-life sentences for each of his family members that he killed, which is reasonable. I mean, what else are they going to give him? Butch is indeed still alive today. I did a little. Oh. I did a little research on him. Not much. Um, he is alive, um, and he is serving his six sentences at a correctional facility in Beekman, New York. Hmm. So he's still in the area, still serving his time as he should, um, and he still to this day sticks to that story. Okay. He's not crazy. He, they tried to his lawyer, his defense attorney tried to pull the insanity card. Um, they did say he had kind of like a little bit of a personality disorder, so a little bit of bipolar. Not necessarily just bipolar disorder, I mean you're going to go out and kill somebody or hear voices. That's more of a schizophrenia. Um, but they never could diagnose him with schizophrenia. Um, but he still to this day claims that voices inside the home, uh, forced him to kill his family. So that's odd again. He's been diagnosed by numerous psychiatrists. Um, and doctors, and none of them can diagnose him with anything that would make him do that. So for him to still claim that and doctors not be able to diagnose him, that's it's a little peculiar. That's all I'm going to say. He's got a whole vibe in his this little mugshot, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he is, like, 70s, like, the definition of 70s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um... Before I jump into the Lutz family, and I'm trying not to waste too much time on this, there was a theory that um, I looked up. Mm-hmm. Because people, the non-believers will find anything to make this not supernatural. Okay. And there was one theory, and you know me and Crystal like our theories, our conspiracy theories, and it kind of made sense, but then it kind of didn't. There is a theory that Butch and his older sister Dawn, she was 18, okay. so a little bit younger than uh-huh. Butch. Um, Butch, the theory is that Butch shot the parents, and while he's shooting the parents, Don had a separate gun and was shooting their other three siblings. Oh, okay. But something went wrong. Maybe Butch um, felt bad for what was happening and turned around and shot Don and then put her in her bed. Okay. Because he just was, like, afraid that she was gonna... That's the theory. The theory was less of Butch. It was saying that Don was the one that flipped. Mm-hmm. And that he basically killed the rest of them just because they're already dead. He said when he started, he couldn't stop. So they're okay. saying that Don started it, and then he was like, well, I might as well kill my parents now. That's the theory. That sounds and then weak, he and then he okay. felt and then he felt sorry that Don had killed the others, so he killed her and put her in the bed. I mean, I can see it, but like, I feel like that's just people reaching. That that's people trying to find anything that could make all these weird things that nobody can explain be explained. 
But then where's the other gun? They never found an- another gun. They only found that one gun. That's what I was looking at. They only found that run one. They do find it, it. They do find it. They lead. They, he tells them where it is. But they only find that um, one gun. There is no evidence to suggest that Don ever fired a gun. Or that there was another gun and in the house. It's a pretty serious looking gun. Yes, that's a pretty loud gun. Yes. Alright, so let's get into the rest of it. I just wanted to throw that in there for because I know some of y'all are probably going to do your own research. Um, and that is one theory out there. So, Crystal sent me a YouTube video. And this is what I was just talking to her about. Okay, so this is what you were saying. Yes. So, Crystal sent me a YouTube video. Um, and you guys will have to go look it up. If you just type it, Amityville Horror, it'll bring up, like, Ed and Lorraine Warren interview. And it's them sitting down um, with their host. It was, like, an After Dark TV special they did back in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. They've since now both passed away. Um, but I'm a big Ed and Lorraine fan. Love them. And I was kind of shocked when Crystal sent me this video. Because it is Ed and Lorraine discussing them doing their own investigation for Amy DeVille. And all the things they experienced. And they 100% believe, 100% believe that it was true. It wasn't a hoax. And I think I'll leave it at that for now. Because I said I wouldn't give away my opinion okay. till the end. But Take note of that. Okay. I was slightly disappointed with this video. Okay. I'll just say. I'll just say. But go watch it. It is a great video. They bring up a lot of good points. It has some pictures that they personally took. You'll be able to see the actual house back in the 70s. It does not, like I said, it does not look the same anymore. Um, rightfully so, the new owners have, it looks really pretty now. have changed it because they don't want it to be recognized because a lot of people don't know the exact address. That's why I'm not thought, saying it, I even though I know it. They, they said it I, I can't speak. It I used, thought I said they, I read they, did. they changed they it. They did. The original address was 112 Ocean View, uh-huh. um, and, and the new owner has changed it because people obviously are going to come and drive by and ask to investigate and stuff. He changed the address and the the entire appearance of the outside and added i think some new things to it yeah but if you want to watch that go on youtube we're plugging youtube again you know that's where we love to do research amazon prime and youtube those are our go-tos so i watched that um but one thing that i did find interesting from this video um ed warren was saying that there were um several statues outside the home kind of like placed in like a circle around a fountain that's Mm -hmm. what the picture looked like it was like four little statues um that were blessed by a priest Hmm. okay okay all right that kind of was a little odd at first because this family was not very much a religious family like they didn't really there was no discussion of them going to church or even talking about anything um but Ed basically said that um, Ronald DeFeo Sr., Butch's father, went to Canada and had a priest come to their home and exercise it. Oh. Like, from what I could find out, it was shortly before the murders. Like, not too long before the murders happened. He had a priest come in from Montreal, 
I don't know why, why, why Montreal, Canada, um, come in and exercise the home. And then he went and purchased these statues and he had the priest bless them. And they kind of placed them in front of the home, um, kind of like be a protective barrier. So they exercised it and blessed these statues and put them outside. Hmm. Okay, that's so odd. kind of confirms the fact that there was something, something going at on. At least something. Now, they didn't talk about it to anybody. None of the friends, none of Butch's friends, or even the DeFeo's family. I mean, they own this body shop, so they obviously have a lot of customers they talk yes. to. Nobody had ever heard this family talk about supernatural or anything happening inside the home. But the father obviously felt compelled enough to find a priest to exercise the home and bless these statues that he put outside. So that, I definitely took note of that when I watched that video because that was a little peculiar. So now we're getting to the Lutz family. And this was a year later, so a year after the murders and Butch being sentenced and he's now serving life in jail, the Lutz family moves in to what they describe to everybody as their dream home. Aww. And I mean, when you look at it, that's what I was talking about at the beginning. It looks like anybody's dream house. I mean, who wouldn't want a house on a, on a lake? On a lake. It looks so cute, too. I mean, it's a beautiful two-story home with its own pool. I mean, a very nice pool in the backyard. Um... And a boat shed slash house that is connected to the actual, like, river lake. Okay. So, very swanky. Very nice. Um, it's perfect, and the Lutz family only paid $80,000. That's not that much. In... Which, in the 70s, that sounds like a lot. Like, money wasn't like it is now. Um... Which, that is a lot. $80,000 is a lot. It is a lot. I just looked it up on an inflation calendar, or a calculator, and it says $80,000 in 1975 is the equivalent of 386000 today. But, they were saying, like in that same video, Ed and Lorraine was saying, Lorraine was saying, um, because they obviously owned a very nice home back then themselves. They mm-hmm. were very well-known investigators. They had money. She said she probably would have paid probably a hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand back then. Yeah. So that would be almost a million dollar house today. Well, I know that like this is kind of off topic, but a part of the only research that I did was about the house now, and I thought I saw the last time that it was purchased was for like nine hundred and something thousand. It was, and then it was it was uh, listed a few times after that, and the price keeps getting lower, and that could be because of the market being down or. Spooky stuff keep happening in it. Who knows? Um, But they paid $80,000. It was actually $30,000 over their budget. They only had a $50,000 budget, which you're not going to find back then. Not now. Um, Back then, yeah. Back then, probably. My grandparents actually built their house because it ended up being cheaper than buying a home back then um, i think my grandparents said that when they bought their first house or second house after they got married that in the 70s they got married in like 68 and they bought the house in the 70s they only paid like thirty thousand dollars for it the most expensive thing that my grandparents bought was actual land yeah and then they um i mean that's the business my grandpa's in so he built most of the house so with my grandfather when he built his house but i mean 
they only had fifty thousand, so yeah. they had to they had to scramble thirty extra thousand dollars to buy this dream home. How do you scramble um, thirty thousand? I don't even have that. Well, this is where it starts to get tricky, and where people start to not believe the Lutz so much. Okay, Kathy, which is um, Mrs. Lutz, t- her half came from her selling her old house, okay. the house they lived in. Okay. So she took that money, which was probably a good chunk, probably most of it. George Lutz, Mr. Lutz, was a filmmaker. Okay. So he took his half from, you know, filmmaking. Uh-huh. What he earned, his revenue from that. And this is where people start to think, oh, he's a filmmaker. And he moving, staged this. Moving into this home where a murder just happened a year ago. Yeah. All right, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get in there. Um... I know all of us are screaming. I, you know, like when you're watching a scary movie. No, don't do it. <laughs> don't don't go do it. Don't open the door. Yeah, they're calling from inside the house. You know. Yeah, they can't hear us. Obviously, I mean, I mean, they really can't. They've both since passed. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that's what we're all wanting to tell them. Um, but they did. They bought it, and. Uh, they purchased it regardless of the realtor physically telling them that a murder had happened a year before of an entire family, that there were, you know, paranormal things happening inside the home. They still purchased it. Um, and they moved in pretty quickly. I mean, they purchased it, and, like, within a few days, they had oh, all wow. their stuff moved over and moved in, and they were, like, dream home living. I just can't. Yeah, I can't imagine. I'd, I'd pass. I feel like I would. All right. As soon as the family moved in, they began experiencing strange occurrences. Ooh, what kind of strange occurrences? Which is, I mean, they're not the first family to live in this home. And all of a sudden, they run off the bat or, like, talking to people about weird stuff happening. Well, you just said that the DeFeo family But they never, they they never, never talked anything. to... They went to the priest, yes, but they never spoke to a neighbor, a friend, or anything maybe about they thought weird. They, maybe they just thought they were all going crazy. Could be. And they didn't want other people to think Could they were be. crazy. And maybe these people just don't care if they're, people think they're crazy. So, Mr. Lutz, George, um began waking up at the same time every night feeling disoriented at first at okay. first he would just wake up and he would kind of his memory would be foggy he didn't really know where he was. he was or what time it was and um he would always look at the clock and it would be three fifteen in the morning well so the time that defeo killed everybody yes the same time the murders happened i mean roughly yeah they they roughly believe that um then he began waking up at 3.15, hearing voices, telling him to hurt mm. his family. The same thing that Butch says happened to him, which anybody could do research or watch the news or read a book and know that. Yes. So, that could be debunked. He's basically saying the same thing Butch said about why he killed his family. But that's what he says happened. It slowly started progressing. Something odd I kept reading is... Kathy would seem to age right in front of people's eyes. I heard part of this in one of the videos I I watched. I've never heard of that happening in any paranormal circumstance. Is that to say it didn't happen? No. 
But that's pretty, like, that's hard to debunk. If that really happened, that's hard to debunk. Um, so basically what would happen is, and her mom, her mom even admitted it. Her mom came over to the home, and they were, I think, doing something in the kitchen, and she said she looked over at Kathy, and it was like her age, her face aged by 20 years. Oh, my gosh. Like, she had wrinkles and skin sagging. Her hair even turned gray. Wow. And it was like she was seeing her daughter, like, as an older woman. That's crazy. And a lot of the her children said that they saw it happen as well, and even George um, said it happened. Um, but Kathy herself never saw it, like, in a mirror or herself. Mm-hmm. So that was weird. I mean, that's that's not really... I've never, even, I've never heard of that until this case. I mean, imagine talking to someone and they go Benjamin Button on you. But, like, the reverse. Like, not getting younger, you're getting old. That would be very weird. That's that's not... So, that is creepy. That I will admit that's very odd. Um, this is, like, somebody standing in front of you. This is actually happening. It's not CGI. It's not like you're watching a movie and they're, like, doing special effects. Like, you're talking to somebody and then all of a sudden they're an old lady. Oh, yeah, I'd be a little freaked out. And then later, Kathy admitted that she levitated off of her bed one day while she was taking a nap. She was asleep, Mm -hmm. she was asleep, and then she woke up and she said she was about two or three feet off the bed. And then it just slowly put her back down on the bed. That's kind of creepy. That's, I, I would very much not like to experience that. I feel like I'd be a little mad. Like, if I woke up and I was levitating, I'd be mad. Yes, I agree. Like, why am I levitating? Yeah, I, yeah, I can't imagine spending all my savings, like, literally every penny they had, they put into this home, um, to move into a home where an unseen force is, uh, making me not, one, look old, (laughs) turning me into an old lady, and disturbing my beauty sleep. So, like, she... She just wanted to take a nap. Yeah, she wants to take a nap. And it's making her look like old hag. Like it, she didn't want to be levitated. I feel like Kathy probably felt personally attacked. Um, and then I'll just like list off a few of the other weird things that the family says happened. Um, Missy, which was the youngest child, she was five, began telling her parents that she had uh, a new friend in the home. Uh-oh. Like, uh oh. Like you know, I mean, kids her age, she's five, have imaginary friends. Thank God, my son. Neither of my kids have ever told me about imaginary friend. Um, but she had a new friend in the home. But the way she was describing the friend was a little odd. And then the family kept, like, basically, like, giving me more details. And later, Missy described it as a pig. A pig? A pig named Jody. But not just a pig. It had red glowing eyes. And it was a demon that lived inside of a pig talking through the pig to Missy. No, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely no. There's some wild Bye. things. Goodbye. Let's start over. No, ma'am. And supposedly she's not the only one that saw it. The parents saw it as well. George and Kathy saw a pig with glowing red eyes. Yes, George said one night, and it's even in the movie. I remember this from the movie, and they swear that this happened. One night he goes into Missy's room because she is upset, and she's talking to Jody. I'm air quoting. I know you guys can't see me. Um, and George walks into the room, and he says that he could see 
red glowing eyes peering through her bedroom window, which was on the second floor, peering into the window. So there's Look, no way. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm gonna stop you there. Because I'm just saying right now, and I'm speaking this out to the universe, if a pig with glowing red eyes that is a demon comes into my house, it ain't going to be an, oh my god, I'm so scared. Okay, so just to list off of a few things, as if the demon pig wasn't enough, talking to a five-year-old, they reported that they would see green slime ooze out of the walls. Ew. It's like Nickelodeon. That would be very bad um, if you were a germaphobe. Um, I would, I'm still just thinking like we would. I would be on an episode of something from Nickelodeon. Yes. And <laughs> then they described that there was a secret room in their basement. There was a red painted door um, that okay. nobody could open. And that it, there was another part of their basement that actually led down to hell. That they could hear voices and demonic voices coming through um, in their basement. And that their dog would never go down into the basement. That it was afraid of it. And that they believed that their home was once used for satanic worshipping. I had a nope out of this place a long time ago. Okay, so that's basically the Lutz. So, I think we're going to, I'm going to ask Crystal her opinion. Okay. And I want to ask it in two parts. Do you believe Butch, his parent, his family's paranormal experience, and his paranormal experience? I'm gonna ask you, and then I'll ask you the Lutzes. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, cause I mean, I was, I'm not there to know anything, and I cannot discredit what someone's saying. But at the same time, there are people who thrive on making up stuff like this so i'm gonna say for but for butch i i believe that something was happening in their house but i don't believe and i even believe that there may be something talking to him but i don't believe the thing that was talking to him was what caused him to murder his family. I agree. I feel exactly the same. I, For the DeFeo family, mm-hmm. I do believe something was happening. Something obviously happened for a man that does not believe in supernatural, does not speak of it to anybody, to go all the way to Canada to find a specific priest, bring him to his home, exercise the home, and have statues blessed. Something obviously happened yes. to that family, to the DeFeo family. But I do believe that Butch has some other mental issues that doctors were never able to fully diagnose him with. Yes. And the paranormal stuff was just feeling it. Yes. Because, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm not medically certified due to t- diagnose anyone. But if we're going to say that he was later diagnosed with some mental issues, it would make sense that... If there were someone or something in the house talking to him, that he would be more susceptible to it, mm-hmm. and they do almost s- they, they do say that there's a correlation between people with mental 
um, diseases and the paranormal, yeah. which is why a lot of yeah. times people don't believe them. And, like, I mean, it would make sense that, like, it just got to a point where he just broke down. Broke down. Mm-hmm. Or the, it wasn't anything paranormal happening as far as voices in his head. That was just voices he legitimately heard in his head, and then he broke. Okay, now let's move to the Lutz family. Okay. Do you believe it is real or a hoax? I mean, I've seen the movies. I've never read the book. I've seen the movies, and that's about the extent of my knowledge of... So you haven't done research on the children now grown up? No. Okay. I know nothing about them. Okay. All right. Um, it seems a little weird, but I would be curious to know if anyone's had paranormal activity, reported paranormal activity in the house since they left. No. Not a single, as far as I know, all the research I looked, because I definitely did, because I'll, I'll tell my opinion in a second. Since they have moved out, no other paranormal experiences have ever been reported inside that house. Okay. If nothing else has ever been reported, then... To, to be honest, it almost kind of feels like... And maybe it's because I have watched too many, like, scary movies in the past. And this is a original scary movie kind of thing. But it just seems like they combined every traditional scary trope that happens into one. Into one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you see someone right in front of you. Or there's this happening. Or there's this... You know, it just seems that they and did took... did you uh, remember what I said George Lutz's uh, career was? A filmmaker. Yes. Uh, it just seems... Yes. I don't know. And that's why I told you I was disappointed when you sent me that Ed and Lorraine video. Okay. Because that made me question everything I've ever watched, read, all the movies that we watch that they say are real experiences. Because... I 100% believe that the Lutz family hoaxed the entire world. Uh-huh. Yes, like I said, I do believe stuff was happening. Ronald DeFeo Sr. obviously was spooked enough to go all the way to Canada. Uh-huh. But your filmmaker and... They only, fun fact, they only lived inside the home for 28 days. And they were suggested by a priest that they had to come over to leave all their belongings. So they left everything they owned inside the home and it was later auctioned off. Uh-huh. Because they feared that if they left the home and they took something out of the home, it would follow them. Yeah. So they only lived in the house for 28 days, left all their stuff, invested all their money. And a few months later, George um, propositioned a filmmaker... That would later make the Amityville horror movie. Okay, but, I mean, to play devil's advocate, if they invested all this money in this house and left everything, they would have nothing. I mean, that they would have nothing. Which is understandable. Which is understandable that he would reach out to somebody and say, look, can we tell our story? Can we get some money? Because we're, we've lost everything. But then I researched... And I, I saw, I actually, I actually found the property taxes for the home. And you could see, um, this is public information. Anybody can do this for any home. You can see when a house is sold, when it is purchased, when it's foreclosed, uh, bankrupt, anything. It's been purchased about four times, which isn't really a lot from uh, 1975 to 2021. 
and none of the homeowners have ever reported anything happening. And the, there's a family today that currently lives in the home, and they love it. They've remodeled. They're the ones that have remodeled it, changed mm-hmm. the address, and they love it, and they've never reported anything. And so I dug deeper, and I found a few interviews from the Lutz children today. They're obviously um, older. This was 1975. Um, and they admit that their parents forced them mm-hmm. to say some of the things that they said. Oh. And a lot of it did not happen to them. And Missy, the youngest, the one that supposedly had Jody the demon pig, is traumatized and will do, will not to this day do interviews or speak to anybody about it. Not because Jody the pig traumatized her, because the way her parents treated her and forced her to say that she had a demon pig living outside her second floor window. That's interesting. I did not know any of this. But the older Lutz um, child still to this day um, lives by it. But that could be psychological, all those years of him being told what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then him continuing to believe that it is, that it's been, you know, 40 years. So he just automatically thinks. Just assumed, that he it, assumed the life happened. of the lie so long that the lie became truth. But the younger Lutz children came forward and said mm-hmm. that none of that happened. That his their parents were actually crazy mm-hmm. and were just looking for publicity. Their father was a filmmaker and their mom wanted to be rich and famous. Huh. That made me a little sad when I read all that. And I love Ed and Lorraine so much. In that video, they were just raving about how haunted that house was and... Well, I mean, I know that I have done not a whole lot of research, but I have seen quite a few people talk about Ed and Lorraine and how, like, they're not as truthful as everyone seems to think that they are or were. Now, the case they did in the UK that is based on the Conjuring 2 movie, Uh that 100% because they actually have, like, evidence. Uh Uh-huh. That's when I first, like, started really liking them, but after Crystal sent me that YouTube video, and then I did all my research, and then I actually found interviews with the actual children that are grown See, up. I and didn't know I was going to do that for you. I'm sorry. I just thought it was a very interesting video. I was like, these people are alive. This is all a hoax. Now, you guys know I'm very much a believer paranormal, so I still do believe that, yes... Stuff happened to the DeFeo family. Stuff very well could have happened to the Lutz. But George Lutz being a filmmaker and then them just like very eager to get any movie or book deal they could get made me seem like they definitely embellished it. So if something was happening to them, they were just making it, like Crystal said, taking five horror movies and putting it into one in real life experience makes you not believe it. Well, color me shocked. I didn't see half of this coming. (laughs) Like, I really thought we were just talking about the Amityville Horror House, and I didn't think the end of it would be that basically... I'm sorry. It's not real. I'm sorry if I ruined this for anybody. Like I said, this is why I held my opinion to the end. I didn't want to be biased. I didn't want you all to hear my tone and how I was talking about it, and you um, develop my opinion, so... We would love it if you guys email us, maybe message us, tell us what you guys thought. Um, 
because we're all going to have different opinion. Or if you have your own research that you've done on this, I think me and Crystal have talked about in the future, we would love to redo episodes with maybe like information. Um, people have emailed us or yeah, messaged like updated in. episodes. That would be really cool. So if you have any information, you could email us. Um, but yeah, this was fun to research. I had fun uh, doing this episode today. Yep, I did too. I had fun listening. Alrighty, guys. You know we don't like to keep y'all too long. We hope you guys have a good rest of your day or whatever you're doing. If you're grocery shopping, driving to work, driving home to work, at work. We hope y'all love this episode and we'll see y'all in the next one. Have a good day. Bye.